Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Tukey's Take Podcast. We are back again to talk about everything that's happened in the wonderful world of ice hockey. Well, not everything. It's an NHL-focused podcast. But an AHL goalie scored a goal, so that was cool. And that's about as much discussion as we can have on that. We're back again! It's good to see you. Hope you uh, hope you're well. Mr. Endo Mills is here alongside me. Forgetting that there's also audio to this podcast, not just a video podcast. Agreeable grunt. Hi. And Mr. Sin for the win here as well. I am here. Yes. <laughs> yes, you are. And we are going to talk primarily playoffs today, of course. The first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs nearly coming to an end. So we're going to spend the vast majority of today's show discussing that. Of course, if you missed... The episode earlier this week on Tuesday covered some of the other topics that happened. The Montreal Canadiens winning the draft lottery, which for a second I thought they didn't. It was a glorious moment. You know, sometimes you just sometimes you just look like a fool. That's one of those things that happens. But if you don't want to look like a fool this summer, make sure to use code Tugi at Manscaped.com for 20% off your order and free worldwide shipping. Manscaped, of course, the Lovely sponsor of the Tugies Take Podcast. We thank them. We thank you. Of course, head to toe. Send a Mills nose. They got you covered. Whether it be the lovely circular deodorants. Miracle. If you need so to shave your head, your fucking chest. I, it's hair removal, man. It, you can use it wherever the hell you want. We ain't going to judge. Do what you got to do to look your best this summer. Because why not? Again, it, it's time to start looking your best. It's 80 goddamn degrees here. I am practically melting. Yep. But do I look my best? Yes, and unfortunately this is my best, but I try. <laughs> Manscaped.com. Go, Tugi. You know the deal. At this point, and again, we thank Manscaped very, very much for their generosity and their offer. Gentlemen, that was the best segue that I had. It's all downhill from here, we have two non-playoff topics to discuss, and then we're going to get right into talking about the playoffs, because uh, we did ask for viewer questions. They were, of course, all related to the playoffs in the natural course of discussion anyway, so it's like, eh, let's just let's just go for it. So it might actually be a bit of a shorter show, which means uh, in two hours we'll still be talking. How about asking <laughs> some non-hockey questions, you fucks? <laughs> What's your favorite cereal? There you go. Hard-hitting topics. <laughs> Why is it Captain Crunch, and how cut up is the oh, roof of your mouth? Yeah, I was just going to say that. Man, I did not Captain like Crunch Captain Crunch. Oh, fuck I hated it. I, could, I couldn't eat it. I just couldn't. Good. All right, well, screw it. Here we are. Let's do it. Endo <laughs> Mills, favorite cereal. Go. Um. So, like, as a kid or, like, now? Both. Both? Okay, as a kid, I really like Fruit Loops. And then I started to stop eating cereal right when they had that Crave cereal where it's like the chocolates inside the cereal and like all that. Like, it, like, mm. fucking. <laughs> Thanks, Crave, for ruining cereal. Yeah. And then now it's just what I'll do is I like I like Frosted Flakes, but it's too much fucking sugar on there. So what I'll do is we'll get <laughs> I'll get Corn Flakes and then I'll go get sugar and I'll put it on my fucking cereal. <laughs> Because they, they cloud it over top like crazy. And what I'll do instead is... I, I like how, do we make, 
How do we make Frosted Flakes appealable to kids? It's just a dump truck of sugar <laughs> backing into the plant. Yeah. And, like, now what I'll do is, because I want to get, like, other stuff in there, is I won't buy Vector cereal, is I'll buy cornflakes, and I'll buy the Vector mix or grain mix, and you just have that in there instead. Think smart. There you go. Sim for the win. Favorite cereal, Ooh. then and now. I had a few different ones growing up. I, for a while, I was hooked on Apple Jacks. Like, Apple mm. Jacks were my shit for, like, a full mm -hmm. year of school. And yep. I loved Lucky Charms, but my mom wouldn't buy it all the time because uh, obviously just fucking marshmallows. <laughs> like, uh, you eat it. My, my, my sister had a way. She would eat all the marshmallows first. I was smart. I would eat all the Cheerio shit first and then just have pure marshmallows at the end. Beautiful. But yeah. Now I keep it pretty simple. You know, Honey Nut Cheerios are if I get cereal, that's my go to Honey Nut Cheerios with like vanilla soy milk kicks ass kicks ass or almond milk. There you go. Uh, for me, I mean, you guys mentioned too, as as a child that were up there, I was a big Cinnamon Toast Crunch fan. I was yeah. uh, a big fan of Reese's Puffs. They they got me. Oh, now I think the kind of you remember the now I think the kind of mid where they had the Rice Krispie Treat cereal, and then mm. I never see that anymore. That was bomb. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, freaking just blew Endo's mind bringing yeah. that. <laughs> It's like in the back of my mind, and then they yeah, brought back the Oreo O's cereal. It's okay. <laughs> I got I got Endo going, so double sorry. Yeah. Oh, God, there's one other cereal uh, that oh I had as a kid that's just not coming to mind. Unfortunately, I will say my top cereal now. I am still the big fan of Cheerios. Uh, Honey bunches of oats, elite, absolutely elite. Uh, and my go-to nowadays. Yeah, I can't think of, uh... Maybe, maybe... God. Jax? Shout out to Raisin Bran Crunch. Dude, I'm a big cereal guy. Raisin Bran Crunch, even, like, Cinnamon Life is fucking delicious. Yeah, you seem like a Raisin Sha Bran kind of guy. Raisin Bran Crunch, yeah. specifically. You got two scoops of fruit. <laughs> yeah, two scoops of fruit. <laughs> Don't call him Two Scoops Toogie for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> It's fucking Two stupid. Scoops. <laughs> Everybody's good. Oh my god. Scoops of fruit. All right. Next. Next question from Tukey. <laughs> <laughs> we we covered breakfast. Favorite lunch item at school. Ooh. Sin for the win. Oh. What dude. was your favorite lunch? Like, you could say from home if you were one of those school? kids. Oh. I'm gonna say more served at school. Yeah. What? What did your what did your school knock out of the well, park? Well, there's several things. I mean, there's several different tiers. You had elementary school, middle school, and then, like, high school. They all had different stuff. Elementary oh, school, true. they used to have these, like, little fucking pizza things that were just in a tinfoil tray. Awful, <laughs> but it was so good. It was so good. At least it's probably terrible now. Middle school, I used to get cup of noodles. Just fucking thing of cup of noodles <laughs> for, like, a buck. And then you get, like, a hot thing of hot Cheetos out of the vending machine. That was, that was tits. At, at my high school... They had a burrito that was called the Live Oak Burrito, which is the name of the school I went to. It was so good, man. It was a massive awesome. fucking burrito that was actually really good. And hmm. that that was my thing in uh, in high school. Endo Mills. Now, see, this is why I asked this is, number one, just gives us something to talk about. Secondly, 
I am presuming you two went to much, much larger schools than I did in terms of the students' oh, yeah. population. Yeah, but I went to school my like, whole life, yeah. Yeah, well, same thing for me, but, like, elementary, middle school, high school, always capped out at a couple hundred. Oh, wow. You know? Like, and I imagine, like, I, I hear Sin, like, yeah, I grew up in California, so I'm like, oh, you had, like, thousands of people. It was a, mo- it was a smaller school. town, but, yeah, I mean, it was still, like, a town of, like, 30,000 pop, and it wasn't until my my class went into high school that we finally had two high schools. So, yeah, there was a hmm. solid amount of people at each. And I'm your top lunch at school. Okay. So, uh, it's a little bit weird because in... Uh, in something... Toronto, <laughs> uh, what? A story from you? A little yeah. bit weird? Yeah, what? a little bit weird. No, uh, Toronto um, is different because not a lot of schools provided lunches for you, except for, like, pizza lunches and stuff like that. I really mm. didn't get a provided lunch, like, because I know, like, in the U.S. and stuff like that, they'll have, like, stuff from the schools and everything. The only thing that was provided from the school was pizza lunch. That's it. And, huh. like, you'd, you'd bring your own lunches and all that. Was it until, like, high school that I started the you know, find my own lunches and all that. And for the school oh, I had to pay cafeteria, just FYI. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. High school for me, they had like the a la carte option. Yeah. We had, I it's to, like, you got to pay for everything on that though. I, I, it's I, like, I, otherwise yeah. you can go for the trash. Yeah. They I'm pretty sure we paid in elementary school and shit, but we just had a little car that you'd slide through a thing. You guys, you guys, God, they that? got you. They got you guys fucking. Right. <laughs> they fucking hammered capitalism into oh, your yeah. head early. Oh, Holy yeah. fuck. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Oh, so, my like, God. my favorite was during um high school. There was a convenience store next to where um I went to school. And they, this, this place would sell lunches five bucks. The greasiest fucking noodles you'd ever eat in your life would, like, um, General Tao chicken, sweet and sour chicken, bunch of that, like that kind of food, like all there, five bucks a pop. You just want a bunch of noodles, maybe like two fifty. It was the greatest thing ever. The best part about that store is that if you brought them, um, TTC tickets, like transit tickets, you could resell to them and you'd get money back. So people who would get money from the school would um take that money. So let's say, for example, uh, transit fare was two bucks. You would take your strips to them, and for that two bucks, you get one fifty. So people would grab their whole stack that they'd get because people live far away, and some people who live under certain conditions get free transportation provided by the school. But these kids were they're fucking like nine to twelve, grade nine to twelve. So they'd they took flip the it. free tickets and got money and they flipped them. it, okay. and then they grabbed lunch and whatever. Because it's like I don't think buying something for two dollars and selling for one fifty is profitable, but you know. But now you that you explained that they're free, well, no, now that they yeah. explained that you're free, no. Doesn't yeah. matter if the amount, if it's still two dollars a piece for food. Yeah, but yeah. Like I lived like very close too, but I would sometimes get tickets Donks. from like my grandma and stuff like that, just because. She's like, oh, you know, you never know when you need it. I'm like, yeah, I know when I need it, and I just grab that grab a muffin for like a buck fifty too. It's great. So you ate the tickets. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was just wondering. It, we went from lunch to to, to flipping tickets. Yeah, I know. <laughs> because that was a lot of times I could I could like grab lunch. Was like, why would I want to spend my money when I can just flip the system? Fucking Ontario, it's always a hustle, huh? Oh, Jesus yeah, they Christ. put that in your early. Kind of like with the capitalism. Yeah, with, uh, with, well, what's in. But it, it's a hustle <laughs> from getting free shit from your government. It must be nice. There you go. Well, you got to use the system somehow. <laughs> oh, yeah, we don't have a system. We don't have one. It's true. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I was a basic bitch for lunch, man. 
you know. Oh, shit, it's Chicken Nugget Day. Beautiful. I will say, uh, my elementary school ruined stuffed crust pizza for me for almost a decade. Uh, just, like, soggy stuffed crust pizza cut into squares. Like, oh, it was it was pretty rough. By high school, they figured out how to fucking make pizza, though, so that was great. But yeah, real basic bitch, but you guys were able to, <laughs> to carry the weight there for that particular question. I don't have any other food questions. Yeah, let's move on to hockey. I'm going to say it. I like a tuna sandwich and like eggs. Okay, who actually fucking ate the school tuna sandwich? Absolutely not. If I'm having a tuna no, sandwich, I wouldn't, I'm getting it from home. I wouldn't touch that with a... I wouldn't eat that with your mouth. Like, no. <laughs> fuck. <laughs> and half the time they mix in the fucking celery or whatever the fuck with it and it's just like, what and are you... put the hummus on the middle of the celery stick or whatever. What hummus? <sighs> You never had what? I've had hummus, but what school? Like you, we grew up in two different areas, Endo. Like you're getting, we yeah, you all can, did. You can tell, you're getting if a school has hummus, school. you can tell what kind of what kind of like locale the area it is. God. Oh. I didn't fucking have hummus until I graduated high no, school. You, have, you probably had organic fruits and veggies, and <laughs> you know free, what? I free think public did. transportation. Good lord. Yeah, oh, fucking yuppies. I swear to God. Ah, beautiful. No I love finding out how, how different our upbringings yeah. were. It's right? a fun time. We'll, con we'll continue to explore. There you go, everybody, for like, further yeah. questions. And sometimes the limo would be late to pick you up with the hummus. <laughs> 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 I'm and can you believe they wanted my full $250,000 tuition up front? <laughs> what the fuck? Swiss bank account. <laughs> so if you have any questions, as always, make sure to join the Discord. It's in the description, no matter what you're watching or listening on. We will talk about hockey after almost 20 minutes of total nonsense. Uh, <laughs> two things, as I mentioned, for non-playoff topics. First and foremost, gentlemen, a round of applause to the Vancouver Canucks who are apparently going to bring back Bruce Boudreaux. Good for them. What the fuck was all this Good for them indeed. in the media? That was weird. The fact that it even apparently was going to trend towards a negotiation standpoint of will he come back, will he won't. He had a 649 winning percentage over 57 games with the Canucks who were in the dirt when he was brought on. Ridiculous, but at least they were smart enough to bring him back. That is tremendous news for Canucks fans. You know, I think you look at, you know, some of the decisions that they face uh, in the short term. You know, the word was out there apparently that they're already looking at trying to move on from Oliver Ekman Larson. Patrick Alvan's like, what the fuck did you do? Bim Jenning, I want this contract gone. Uh, of course, the JT Miller thing is going to be looming overhead. He's got one year left at 5-2-5 after finishing top 10 in scoring. Gotcha. So they got some they got some big decisions to make, and I think the least they could do was have that stability of Bruce Boudreaux being there when he got that team to perform as well as they did. Yeah, yeah, he was, I mean, the numbers speak for themselves. When it, The buy-in obviously speaks for itself. Like, that team did a complete 180, and... He obviously figured something out. It's nuts to me that they're even entertaining the, the the possibility of him not being back. Like, cool, new coach and all. Why would you give up a, you know, a, a .65 essentially winning percentage for mm -hmm. an unknown? That is so bizarre that they even entertained that. And 
God, I just hope like the relationship between Boudreaux and the new management wasn't soured in any way by that, because that that's something that could easily put you off as a coach, like being like, "What the fuck? Like I just did that, and you got no faith in me? Like, come on." Anyway, absolutely. So uh, again, uh, you know, uh, a good a good result, I would say, uh, for Canucks fans, and what's going to be an interesting off season. And in terms of our other little topic, uh, the finalists for three more awards were handed out. Of course, we already knew the Vezina finalists. Uh, the Hart Trophy final three, Austin Matthews, Igor Shesterkin, and Connor McDavid. You know, I said Shesterkin was probably in the running for the Hart. I could still see a situation where he wins it. But... At the same time, John Cooper of the Tampa Bay Lightning had a fair point when he was asked who he thought would win the heart. He said, well, it's really tough to score 60 goals in this league. I, I kind of think that this goes to Austin Matthews this year. But then yeah. again, Connor McDavid led the league in points. so It's a tough call. This is probably one of the toughest heart, heart, heart discussions we've had. Uh, because there's three up there who are pro- probably worthy of it and who do three different things, essentially. So how do you mm. quantify the complete difference of play into winning this award and what's more valuable? Technically, yes, goals are more valuable, but also Connor McDavid carries the Oilers on his fucking back. Uh, Shesterkin yeah. carries the Oilers on his back playing the hardest position. But it's also, again, how do you how do you compare save percentage to total points or goals? It's it's so tough. I think, I think to, to be fair, they're probably going to give, like, Matthews, like, the heart. McDavid obviously automatically wins the Art Ross. Probably will get the Ted Lindsay, and then Shesterkin should get the Vesna. I'm pro- I'm pretty sure that's how it's going to go because they want to be so. Nice. Along with that, the Ted Lindsay finalists are Yossi uh, Matthews and McDavid. So for me, how I'd like to see this play out: Shesterkin gets the Vesna, Yossi gets the Norris, give Matthews the Hart, and give McDavid the Ted Lindsay. Absolutely, but they're there you there. go. Yep. Like. In terms of proper recognition for everybody, that works out because Matthews, the MVP, and then the Ted Lindsay, of course, is for, quote, the NHL's most outstanding player in the regular season as judged by the members of the NHLPA. So Connor McDavid should probably win that one. Yeah. Yeah. Because he is. Like, he should just, he's going to win. He should win that pretty much every fucking year till his retirement or until he mm-hmm. ever declines. Yeah. Like, because he is. He is the best player in the world. Yeah. They could have an argument where it's like, well, Austin Matthews broke a record. It's like, Carter McDavid can't break a Gretzky record. I'm going to say that flat out. Eh, he might. <laughs> a single season record? Yeah, no, but... not going to happen. Oh, yeah, not not a single season. Like, career-wise, yeah, maybe, but that's, I don't know. It's still a tall order. Yeah, most yeah. of those records are the fact outright that he's, untouchable. Like, still being compared as, like, that caliber of a player, because he is, you have to give him that award every year, without a doubt. The final award that we know the nominees for right now is the Calder. Unsurprisingly, Toronto's Michael Bunting, Detroit's Moritz Sider, and Anaheim's Trevor Zegras. It's Moritz Sider. It has to be. Pretty much, yeah. hands down. It, for a rookie How- defenseman to get 50 points and, yeah. and put up the numbers he did, not playing sheltered minutes. Like, holy mm. crap, dude. Like, he was good. On that team as well, too. Yeah. Yeah, on a pretty rough team where it's like, hey, you, what a great selection of defense partners you might get to what have. Was he with DeKaiser? I'm, like, holy crap. It might have been DeKaiser. Like, the best defenseman you could possibly play with on the team is Philip Ronick, who's fine. Yeah, he's fine. He's fine, but he's, he's like, not bad. He's like a 3-4 guy. Like, on... Uh, that's how yeah, I would judge. On a good on a good team, he is second pair at yeah, best. Yeah. So... 
I'm trying to look it up for more at Cider and how uh, how many minutes he played this season. Hockey reference will have the... <laughs> okay. Boys, over, under, more... Uh, whoever, price is right rules. Whoever's the closest without going over here. How many minutes did Moritz Sider average this season as a rookie? 28 and a half. Endo Mills. 30. Okay, well, you're both over. That's a shame. But still, 23 minutes a night. Oh. That's still a lot. Why, as a rookie. Why did I go so high? I don't, I, because again, that's yeah. just kind of yeah, already the expectation. I just want, like, the big right. number, his big number look good. I am going to try and find the average or the highest average time on ice. I don't know. I mean, it's hockey reference. They should yeah. very, very much have that, but I can't find it. So I'd be very intrigued to see. Where Moritz Sider stands in that regard. That's crazy. That should be to, uh, to total time on ice. Yeah, I'm trying to uh, I'm trying to find it really quickly. Um, and I'll, I'll see if I can get back to you on that one. But in terms of this award, it is Moritz Sider for sure. And actually, I found it. There we go. Shout out to Hockey Reference. They do have it from what I can tell. Uh, is that from this year? It is. NHL skater time on ice statistics. Average even strength time on ice. It's 22 minutes a night for Thomas Shabbat. I'm trying to see where Cider was in terms of 5-on-5, five five, so I guess he got some power play time. So Cider averaged 18 minutes of 5-on-5 uh, five five time a night, which puts him top 68, actually. Interesting. Interesting. But obviously, too, uh, a good amount of shorthanded time. Yeah, he averaged almost two minutes of shorthanded time a night, three minutes of power play time. I can't find the uh, uh, the total uh, time, right, well. but regardless, uh, hopefully somebody can find that. I'd be very intrigued to know. But in terms of this award, I mean, the big talking point is the fact that Michael Bunting barely qualifies from all like standards of qualification. Uh, I said as much on Twitter. I wanted your thoughts on this. Uh, I, much like the Norris Trophy, would like to see two different awards. In the Norris, I think you can have, uh, again, it's been pointed out, have the fucking Bobby Orr Award for the defender that leads the league in points, and then have the Norris for the best overall defenseman. For the rookies, have best 23 and under, and then have outright rookie of the year, MLB style. I don't care if someone is 35 years old. If that was your rookie season, that was your rookie season, and you should qualify. I Like Vadim Shipachov coming over from the KHL. If he stayed with Vegas and had a great year, give him the fucking award. He was the best rookie. Yeah. Um, you know, I think it's kind of ridiculous to be like, oh, well, these guys had uh, experience in men's league. Austin Matthews had experience in a men's league. Yeah. Like, if you have a rule on whether or not somebody, oh, if you played pro hockey elsewhere in a, a big-time men's league, you're not eligible for the caller, then Austin Matthews wouldn't have been eligible. He played for the ZSC Lions in Switzerland. Siren so be ineligible. Half of the guys who come from fucking Sweden, Europe. would be ineligible. Everyone would be ineligible. Like, more than, more than 50% of the NHL population would Ford's not cider, be eligible right? for that. Yeah. Yes, I, if, if they considered the, uh, the DEL... Yeah. One of those major leagues, which yep. they should. I mean, if it's in NHL 22, it's a major league. Let's yep. put it that way. 
yeah, like think about how many players that would. I mean, shit, Cider played uh, in Germany for Mannheim and for Rokla in the SHL. Yeah. Like he's he's double disqualified. Give it to Michael Bunting. Yeah. Like so I, yeah, I just I don't I, I don't like that idea of trying to disqualify. Like I get the idea of like Artemi Panarin came over and won the Calder. He only won it because Austin Matthews got hurt. Otherwise, they definitely would have given it to Austin Matthews or not Austin Matthews, Connor McDavid that yeah. year, excuse me. Um yeah, I, I I don't like that ruling at all. So, if it's such a problem for somebody older to win it, have a specific award for 23, 24 and under as the best young player, but then also have best rookie in its pure form of, is, is this your rookie season in the NHL? Cool, you're the rookie of the year. Yeah, yeah, I like it. I, th- I think we need a lot more awards, because much like the NHL rulebook, so much is up for interpretation. Like, make them fucking yeah. like Very, very true. Yeah. Uh, and I, I honestly, I don't think it waters down the award well, either. And honestly, I could even see three different awards for defensemen. Like, I could see, like, the, the Bobby Orr, like you said, and the Norris, the best all around, and then shout out the best defensive defenseman out there, you know? Like, call it the, mm. I don't know, if I'm, if I'm, if I'm, call it. The Scott Niedermeyer Award. No, he was a great OFD, though. He, he was. Uh, um, yeah, I don't know. But, God. like, I, I would love, you know, something like that. But, yeah, it, at minimum, two different awards for defensemen. I'm trying to think who I would name that the Mark Edward Vlasic Award. <laughs> Jesus. The Mark Edward Vlasic <laughs> Sub-32 Award. <laughs> or oh prior to God. Pre-32 Award. Or the, yeah, like I mean, Potter, fuck it, he's about to retire. Like the Zidane Chara Award. Yeah. Tallest man. Every year. <laughs> Give it to the tallest person. Uh, Next year, Curtis uh, Douglas, baby! My yeah, God. let's go. Curtis Douglas to the moon. Oh, so with that... Let's talk some ploffs, as we should. Uh, we will start off in the Western Conference this time, gentlemen, with the most recent series to come to a close as the St. Louis Blues eliminate the Minnesota Wild in six games. They won game five by the score of five to two and game six by the score of five to one, despite the fact that they switched from Marc-Andre Fleury to Cam Talbot uh, just to try and spark something, and it simply... Uh, did not work for the Blues. They will play the Colorado Avalanche in round two. <laughs> Holy hell, am I looking forward to that series? <sighs> now, you know, for the Blues, I mean, look, you know, we talked about it when we broke down their lineup, man. That team's a wagon. It is. Like, defensively, you know, you might feel much more confident about it. They still had someone like a Petrangelo there instead of, oh, I don't know, Cat Friendly has their second pair listed as Justin Falk and Leafs legend Callie Rosen. Who? Uh huh. (laughs) But, you know, what's funny is they turned back to uh, Jordan Bennington after Huso struggles, and Bennington finishes the series with three appearances and a 943 save percentage. Mm -hmm. If Jordan Bennington can play to the best of his abilities, that team stays healthy, there is a more than realistic shot that they could beat Colorado. Like, this is not a walk in the park for the Avs, and I think, unfortunately, uh, Minnesota probably not able to take as much gas out of the tank of the Blues as a whole as they would have preferred. Yeah, I I think, I can't remember if I said Blues in six or seven, but I, I know for a fact that's, yeah, I I really thought the Wild would do a little bit better um, and be able to win a bit more, and now especially as they're heading into, as you know, cap hell with 15 million of dead cap, essentially. 
it's not looking good for the wild. And I wonder if Kaprizov's going to be out the door. So that's the big talking point for Minnesota. It's only a year, but man, did it look like this year was that that window of opportunity. It had to be. Like, it literally had to be because of what they're going to be into in the next three years. You look at this offseason now, technically for Marc-Andre Fleur, they only gave up a second-round pick rather than a first because of their early exit. So they technically have a draft pick in every round except for the seventh this year. So that's not that bad. But what we knew was looming overhead uh, was not only Kevin Fiala uh, being an RFA again. That's probably the biggest contract that they uh, that they have to worry about. And of course, what will happen with Park Andre Fleury, presuming he leaves? Two million dollars in uh, retained salary comes off the books for Victor Rask. Okay, that's not bad. Yeah, we all knew this was coming. The buyouts for Suter and Parise. This year, they counted for about $4.8 million against the cap. That's not too bad. You can manage that. Do you guys remember what it jumps up to? I think it's like <laughs> for this upcoming isn't it season. Like $15 million? It's $12.7 million for this upcoming season. Okay. And then for 2023 24, and then 24 25, so the two seasons after, it jumps up to $14.7 for both of those seasons before dropping down to a much more manageable 1.6. can only spend to the cap floor almost in that case because of all the dead cap. That's off. Like you yeah. have to you have to you have to tank essentially. Like uh, Yeah, how do you I mean hold on to Capri- I mean you can hold on to Kaprizov, but he has no one to play with. And he's going to be pit and ooh man. It's one of those things where it's like you better hope you've drafted well and have good players uh coming up in the system because otherwise oof um Who's you know that, I am that kid they have? Uh, Mark they drafted Boldy, Marco Rossi Boldy too. Matt, Matt Boldy joined the yeah. team this year and looked phenomenal so he's got two more entry levels right or two more uh, I'm looking at finding his deal yes one more Ooh. next year is the last year of his ELC that sucks <laughs> that's yeah you wanted two more for him because then you could give him like a nice little bridge and still fit under. He might still take a two-year bridge, but yeah. Depends on how much he likes Minnesota. Yeah, so you have, you know, Kaprizov at $9 million, um, Zuccarello at 6 Eric Sinek at 5.25, Fiala RFA, Marcus Foligno at 3.1, which is a pretty good deal. But then Jordan Greenway is getting $3 million starting next year. That's a bit pricey. They do have Ryan Hartman for one point seven. And his deal's not up until uh, the end of the 2024 season. So, you know, that uh, based off of how well he's played, that's not bad. Defensively, Spurgeon makes 7.5. Brodeen makes 6. Both good deals. Matt Dumba makes 6. Last year of his deal coming up, they're going to want to get rid of that deal badly yeah. to free up some space. Um, you know, I... I just I, I'm intrigued, you know. This, as we always say when we kind of recap what a team uh, what, what a team can do heading into an off season, Minnesota is perhaps. I mean, we said it even for Vancouver, you know, a few minutes ago. But I'm very very intrigued by Minnesota here because, I mean, it's very tough. And I think if you looked on social media at all, a lot of apathy from that fan base because the the Minnesota sports scene in general. With the the Wild and the Vikings and the Twins, it's just been one, and the Timberwolves for that matter, who made the playoffs this year. It's just been one constant dick punch 
for fans of Minnesota sports. Like, they cannot catch a break. I think, that, what God, what was it? The last time a team was in a championship game, the Cold War was still going on? Jesus. Some shit like that. Like, it's been a long time, man. And for the Wild, you have all that hope and optimism. It's literally uh, the best... Um, it's literally the best that the Wild have been. Best season in their history with the best player in their history with Kirill Kaprizov. And they still fell short. Uh, and tell me if you've heard that before. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Had to do it. We'll talk about them in a minute. But, yeah, I I just don't I don't quite know where they go. Because, again, think about that. Like, think about how we're... I'm tempted to use them in NHL 22 now. I have yeah. it planned out for where I'm going franchise mode-wise. But they're going to be one of the most intriguing teams to use, even in a video game sense. Because, again, essentially $13 to $15 million in dead cap until the 2025-26 season. That's fucking insane. Yeah, I was thinking about it. Like, I'm not sure what exactly they're going to do as a franchise. Uh, what I would do if I was playing NA, if I was playing NHL was I'd flip my guys who have a lot more money for guys who are on like ELCs and other teams. That's the only option that you could probably do. But even then, you have to pay them eventually. So Minnesota, uh, you know, Wild fans. Uh, again, I was rooting for you in that series. It's it's nothing against the Blues. I think you know Blues fans can tell I really do like their team a lot. Uh, despite 2019, I even said it. If, if the Blues were in the finals against anybody else, I would have been rooting for the Blues in that series. It's it's a hell of a team. I do give them a legitimate chance against Colorado. We'll talk more about that in depth once we know for sure what the uh, the finals or the, the next round happen to be, what the final results are of round one. And God, Wild fans, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, Bill Guerin's been a solid GM so far. He has his work cut out for him. That decision... To buy out Parise and Suter, help the team short term, but to not get out of the first round again is brutal. Yeah. And, uh, of course, if you want to hear about the history of the Minnesota Wild in the playoffs, you can check out one of my more recent videos, of course, where we talked about the five teams that never make a cup final, Minnesota included. And, unfortunately, that run continues for them. The Dallas Stars... And the Calgary Flames. The Flames now have a 3-2 lead after winning Game 5 by the score of 3-1. And simply put, the Stars have no shot in this series if it was not for Jake Ottinger. Um, Jay Fresh put up a, a graphic in terms of the, uh, what, the goals saved above expected. or Essentially, let me see if I can find this specific one. But it, it was essentially like, hey... How many goals has Jake Ottinger robbed? It is an absurd amount to this stage. Uh, here we go. Playoff goals saved above expected as of May 12th. Third place, Jacob Markstrom with 5.2. Second place, Mike Smith with 5.8. Jake Ottinger, 10 and a half. <laughs> <laughs> this, this series is done in four games yeah. if it's not for the fact that Jake Ottinger is playing out of his... Fucking we, ten and a half. We said man. he was the X factor of the wild card, like the only thing that could extend that series, and he absolutely has. Oh my god! And it's funny because in the top three is is Markstrom. Like Markstrom's yeah. right there with a ridiculous five point two. Like he has absolutely kept his team in it as well. And I think it's why people have almost deemed this the most boring of the series is because the goaltenders have been 
absolutely unreal and leaving very few options for these goal scorers. Ottinger, uh, despite now losing three games in this series, <laughs> any guesses of Jake Ottinger's save percentage through five games? Yeah, 945. 9.56. Ah. So split the difference just about. Fucking insanity, man. Oh my god. He Absolute insanity. And Endo mentioned uh, contract situation. Yeah. It is the last year of his ELC. So uh, he's... paid. He's about to make bank! Now here's the thing. Jordan Bennington won a Stanley Cup. Odds are against Dallas of doing that right now. But Bennington made six. Ottinger gets no less than three, right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And it's gonna like even if it's like a two two year deal for three million just as a bridge, like oh, yeah. they're gonna bridge him. He's he's gonna get paid. Yeah. So, game six is tonight. Do uh, the Flames cap off this series? That is the question. Do the Flames finish this off tonight? Potentially setting up a battle of Alberta in the second round. We'll talk about that. Or do you think this goes seven? Endo Mills, we'll throw to you oh, first. Yeah, or not. Go ahead. Well, no, I wasn't sure. When you guys are just like, ah, who's going to talk first? I'm like, fuck it, Endo, you talk. Yeah, I think it's going to go seven. It's going to go seven, and they're going to still win it. I don't know. There's been a lo- there's been way too many game sevens in this in so, this so far. Like, the, the East, you have like three game sevens going on. Three. Yeah. The West, you're going to have maybe like two more. I, I just I just see it going that way. I I just see them just going game seven, and then I don't know who's gonna win it. I want Ottinger to win because I want him to get paid. Because I love seeing I love seeing a goalie get paid. Woo! Uh, especially when they deserve it. Um, yeah, I I want them to take it, but then again, y- you can't doubt out the the Flames. The Flames won't blow a lead like the Leafs do. So that's it. Um. I, I think the Flames have got to have it, man. Like, they, they can't – they got to find a way to get to Ottinger, and they got to do it. Like, yeah, it's – they don't want that to go to seven, man. That's just plain and simple. They don't want it to go to seven. And mm. it's not – yeah, they just, they need to they need to figure out a way to win because they were really we, – we, we had them winning, like, in five probably. We, we thought Dallas could steal a game. But, dude, like, the fact that they're almost – you know they're facing a potential game seven is kind of ridiculous, and it, it's it's very very we we can see it happening too just by the way Ottinger's playing. So yeah, I mean we kind of predicted that the uh, the Flames would win this in like four or five games mm-hmm. around that area. So stars are already playing with house money. Absolutely. So. <sighs> you know why not bring on another game seven? Uh, again, Calgary has no excuses, though. I mean, you just saw Minnesota, granted, uh, you know, against a really tough team, but you just saw Minnesota fall super short of expectations. If Calgary doesn't make it out of the first round, they are right back to where they were at the beginning of the year of what the hell do we do? Except you no longer get the option of trading Johnny Goodrow because he's a UFA at the end of this. Oh, my God. I forgot about that. Yeah, so if they fall short here, I don't know how competitive they are next year. Matthew Kachuk is an RFA. His bridge deal is already up. How insane is that? 
nuts. Goodrow's a UFA. They got some big decisions to make here, and the longer the playoff run goes, the better for Calgary. So, and again, for Dallas, it's, it's house money at this point. Everyone's kind of dumping on you and not expecting you to do much. So, it's a good spot to be in. Kind of like the LA Kings. Uh, they did win game five, five to four in overtime. But the Oilers won game six last night without Darnell Nurse, who was suspended for headbutting Philip Deneau. Um, shout out to both Adrian Kempe and uh, Evander Kane for taunting the crowd. Kane, though, last night, two more goals. He has seven in six games. So, again, we never doubted Evander Kane's on ice ability. Game seven on Saturday. Sin between the Oilers and the Kings. You might have a frozen webcam there, buddy. Um, but. Yeah, Game 7 on Saturday. Oilers, Kings. We'll give Sin a chance to see if he's here, and if he's not, we lost him. And I think we lost him, which is okay. Endo, we'll give him a chance to reconnect. Your thoughts on this Oilers series? I'm intrigued. It's, it's a trash fire. This should have been an easy an easy way for them to go through, but just like the oil sands over in Alberta, we can't, we don't know how to solve it. Um, I, I don't know what they're going to do because they, they, they have to do this because not only does, uh, McDavid's no trade clause, uh, no move clause, uh, pop in, uh, next season. This is like the time where you have to sell on him that this team is actually, Oh, there you go. Sen. This team is actually, gonna do something because you you are wasting a generational talent and i guarantee you if any if any team wanted Connor mcdavid they would grab him immediately the second that someone of that echelon says i don't i can't do it here i want to play somewhere else you drop almost everything to get him but the but the the, the thing is what do you do like you you get Carter McDavid now what, right? So I as much as I want the Oilers to win, I really do. I also want to see Carter McDavid and what he does in this off season, regardless. Suki, I think your mic's muted. It very much is. This has just been this turned into a technical disaster of a podcast. Um, <laughs> you know, Carter McDavid has four years left at twelve and a half million. You know, he has no ability to say, yeah, hey, I'm leaving. He doesn't. You know, Jake, I mean, granted, he has more freaking stroke than Jake the Brust does to be like, I want to leave the Bruins. Trade me. You know, even if Connor McDavid says, hey, trade me, the Oilers don't have to do anything. I mean, you know. I mean, he could refuse to play. If you're the Oilers, then say, go ahead. My opinion, at least. I mean, unless how how the hell are you going to get a fair trade offer for Connor McDavid? You know, fair go enough. ahead and fair refuse enough, to play. I picks. I wouldn't blame Connor McDavid for refusing to play if they fall short in Game Seven on Saturday because that is a completely inexcusable loss by every metric. If they were to fall short, but. We don't know if that's going to happen yet. I'm sure it's not all doom and gloom. Obviously, the Oilers are going to, in theory, have momentum for this Game 7. But I'm I, I'm awaiting the result of this Game 7. I can't say more than any other Game 7, but holy hell is Saturday a gigantic day for the future of this league. 
what happens if the Oilers lose? What happens in the two Eastern Game 7s that we know of? That is a gigantic day. Very, very intrigued to kind of see what happens. All right. We got Sin back. He's back from the dark void. Sin, any final thoughts on the uh, the Oilers and the Kings? I mean, you were the one who went out on the limb to say, hey, here's what I think is going to happen. So, how you feeling? Yeah, Kings and Seven still a real possibility. I wish they would have won game six. Um, that would have been nice uh, just to kind of get it out of the way. But, obviously, they could still win in seven. Um, <laughs> the Oilers are in still dangerous, dangerous waters. And they need to understand that. And every time they win, they kind of do it with a lot of goals. The problem is if they don't score, if they score three goals, they're going to fucking lose because they're they're just <laughs> too inconsistent with their with their like goaltending shit. So I don't know, man, like they got home ice. So like they got that going for them, but I still give the cha- the Kings a really, really, really good chance to win. I hope they do just well because I predicted it. And I mean, the fact that the Kings took the Oilers to, to game seven is already pretty pretty big in my opinion and a lot i think a lot of people yeah. agree with me you look at the talent on the oilers rocky you look at the kings kings are still rebuilding just fyi to anyone out there who is not aware kings are still rebuilding like they don't have dowdy as overrated as he is yeah i was gonna like, say that that was the yeah. big thing right is they are without their top defenseman in this series i i I mean, say what you want about the, uh, like I said, I mentioned Darnell Nurse missing game six. They are without their best defenseman. Yeah. Uh, Victor Arvidsson is also injured right now, I believe. Actually, I mean, technically, Sean Walker is hurt, too. Uh, you could argue, I mean, Sean Walker is a top four defenseman on this team? Probably? I mean, the funny thing is, this defense core, if everyone's healthy... It's actually pretty good. It's a yeah. bit underrated there for the Kings. So, yeah, if they're fully healthy, which, you know, it is it is what it is. You know, we'll never know, you know, do <laughs> the Oilers lose this in six? They very well might. Yeah, and it's, I, again, I still think the Kings could, could go and, and do it in Edmonton in seven. And, I mean, they won game five in Edmonton. So, <laughs> you know, like, they've done it before. It wasn't overtime, and it was, you know, but still, again, there's a stat I saw where it was like the Oilers, when they score like less than five goals or something, have lost like a ton of games in the playoffs or something. I can't. Dude, they consistently lose games when McDavid and Drysdale both score. Yeah. Like before game six or something like that, it was, or maybe it was game four, but that was the stat of like, oh, they've lost five in a row. When McDavid and Drysaddle both score, it's like, how was this possible? Yeah, I saw the stat. They were like 0-16 or something in playoff games where they scored four or less. <laughs> I, I I can't remember how accurate it was. or I just remember seeing, like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, but, yeah, so I do want to kind of touch on, did you guys see the McDavid reaction? Well, his supposed reaction to Kane doing the, the holding up seven. I did not. That? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It showed him on the bench getting angry, looking over towards Kane and, like, yelling something. Um, hmm. And everyone's like, oh, maybe he was yelling at the refs or this other whole thing. It's like, anyway, I just wanted to kind of touch on that. I think, honestly, you can meet in the middle. I think, I don't think McDavid's like, I think what his position is, like, why the fuck are we going to seven against this team? Like, let's say he's angry at Kane for taunting. I think his anger is like, you know, why are you getting cocky when we just forced a game seven against this team? Yeah, <laughs> Like, We're struggling crazy. enough. They don't need motivation. Yeah. 
Ah, uh, dude, if they lose this man, I can honestly say McDavid may begin to want to ask for a trade. He's on what year? Yeah, and don't I have four of the contract? Yeah, he's got four years left, I think it was, after this. Yeah. Halfway through. He's halfway mm. through. Okay. The Florida Panthers. Go ahead, Endo. I was going to say, I just looked at the clip real quickly. Uh, so it looks like like he was celebrating with Evander Kane on the ice because he was on the ice when the goal happened. So he like gave him props hmm. too. This is him reacting to the officials, most likely. Okay. Well, I like I, who, who knows. I didn't. I don't know if he saw him holding up the seven and he was looking at video back. I don't know. People are gonna put their own twist on it and yeah, you know, several major accounts have you know already made that. I was just kind of responding to that narrative, not saying that's exactly what happened. But if if he was getting mad at Kane, it's like I don't yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's fair. We'll move to the East. The Florida Panthers and the Washington Capitals play game six tonight after the Panthers won game five by the score of five to three. Uh, for the Caps, Tom Wilson still out of the lineup. For the Panthers, I still don't know if there's been word at the time of recording. It's a game time decision on Carter Verhage, which is a decent loss. I mean, he's a top line winger for them. Yeah. This has been a super weird series as well, where it was looking real rocky. Panthers down 2-1. I think, what, it was an overtime winner in Game 4 to kind of get back into this. I can see Florida pulling this off, but at the same time, they're in that spot of, can I really believe you until you finally win? Yeah, I completely agree. They were, they. were I think for a top team, they have the most question marks. For one of those, like, the East is tough. So you look at their records like, yeah, you did great in the regular season, but that's a meat grinder in the playoffs. The first round is an abs. I mean, just look at me fucking game sevens. It's insane. Like there's already two. There's, or, yeah, there's, there's already two in the East. There's potential. Three. What's that? Right? No. Yeah. Two in the East. Two, two in the East. You're right. Yeah. Um, there's potential. Yeah, three confirmed each other. Or again, at least I, I think the Caps could force a game seven. They're that, they're, they're good enough. They're deep enough. It's a tight enough matchup. Mm. Hard to say about the Rangers pens. Uh, but again, I think they could they all have the potential to go to seven. But yeah, it's the Panthers need to finish this now. They 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 don't want a game seven. You play a game seven capitals team, I just don't think I just don't think you have the stamina. <laughs> <laughs> I mean this is this is that statement win that they need, right? Yeah, absolutely. Like you're in Washington. Game six, chance to close out the series. This is the way to get people to believe you. Uh, I mean, the Panthers haven't won. When's the last time they won a playoff series? Like, that's, I'm going to try to look that up right now because, I mean, obviously, like, the last time they made, or, you know, one of the most uh, recent, like, examples of them in the playoffs prior to, actually, I mean, I guess they, yeah. Basically, the last time I really think about, like, oh, yeah, they almost had some success. It's like you think back to, like, the Devils loss. Game seven. Jesus. So their the recent playoff history, they lost in round one to the Lightning last year. Lost in the qualifying round in the bubble to the Islanders yep. in four. Uh, it wasn't a sweep, but I think it was best of five, right? Um, 2016, they lose to the Islanders in six. 2012, they lose to the Devils in seven. They, uh, yeah, that's what I thought. They have not won a playoff series since 1996. That's it. That is the only time that they won a playoff series and they went all the way to the cup final that year. Yeah. Wow. Fucking yikes, man. But that history is why we say, like, okay, show us. You know? Yeah. 
now's now's the time. Prove that these aren't. Granted, this is the best Panthers team in in club history. Obviously, fifty eight wins in the regular season is pure insanity. But they still got to prove it, and tonight's a great chance to do it. I'm gonna say they get it done, but man, kind of like Sid mentioned, if they uh, if the Caps win in seven, I'm not gonna be shocked. Yeah. Yeah. On the anniversary, the nine-year anniversary of one of the most infamous playoff collapses in history, which also coincided with this man's birthday. <laughs> Endo Mills, it's time to talk. Happy birthday, by the way. It's time to talk about Leafs and Lightning, as the Leafs did win Game 5, but lose Game 6, 4-3 to three in overtime. They were down 2 to nothing. Then suddenly they were up 3-2 to two at the end of the second period. And then again, they, they lose it in overtime. They are now 0-8 in the Matthews-Marner era in terms of games with an attempt to close out a series. 0-8 in elimination games with the chance to move on. You know, a lot of things that I saw, and I know, Endo, you're not one of these type of Leafs fans. A lot of Leafs fans being like, the refs, and what about the Kalorn hold on Matthews? And well, they didn't want to decide the game with a penalty, so they decided it without. It's like, look. Don't go down 2-0. Don't go down 2-0. Yeah. Take advantage of dominating that overtime up until the goal against. Yeah. You know, people are making fun of the Matthews trip. I don't think he was getting that puck anyway. It was going to be intercepted. But they had their chances to win. Everybody knows this at this point. We have said it. Literally, it doesn't matter if it was when Deej was on this show, when it was just Endo and I, when Sin's been here, when we've had guests on the show. Everybody knows this. The officiating standards in the NHL are garbage, especially in the playoffs, especially in a close game, in overtime. Exactly. And there is not – look, it is playoff hockey. If your team loses, yeah, you can probably find examples of officiating fucking you over. That's how it works. Unless you're Nashville and you get barnstormed by Colorado, you can pretty much find an example in every loss. That's just how it works. Are there Bruins fans who have complained about the officiating in Carolina? Yes. Are there Canes fans who think that the Bruins are getting biased calls when they're at home? Yes. That's just how it works. It's garbage all around. There are enough examples as to why the Leafs lost this game. They go down 0-2, and then they didn't take advantage in overtime. And let's be honest, I mean, Endo, I feel like you probably feel the same way. They should have lost in regulation because Brandon Hagel missed a wide-open fucking net with like five minutes to go in the third period. Oh, yeah. Um, like, I, this is like the moment of, of that I can talk about like this team realistically because the whole entire year is talking about how they're, you know, wait till they get to the playoffs and, you know, maybe they can do it this year. And they have the opportunity and they just, they just blow it, dude. Like, come on. Like, I was sitting here yeah. with, uh, with, with Polina next to me just watching the game and then and they scored. I'm like, yeah, I'm mad. And then she's like, why are you mad? And I said, like, because, like, they, I know they know they can, but they just can't. Oh my god, it's 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 hard to deal with as a Leafs fan right now, because uh, you know you have the opportunity now, and I would eat just just make it just make it one more, lose one more game, so that way you tied with um, 
50 cent for how many times you've been shot in the chest during a quali during qualifying game because holy shit if we get nine do we get one buy for next next year like is this what's gonna happen like get nine to get the next one free like oh my god man like i could go on for hours but i don't want to because they don't want to give it any more of the time Ooh, yeah as much as we said for the Panthers, like, okay, you have to prove it. The Leafs are obviously... Yeah. The Leafs are obviously there. It's bigger for them, it's just, They are the market. But, like, they're the hockey market. And they have all that talent. They're hyped up year after year after year after year. Sometimes undeservingly, now definitely deservingly. Like, you have Matthews and Marner, who are obviously still incredible, and now they've added a two-way game. Holy shit! But... Why are you in this situation again? Why didn't you close it out in six? Why'd you let yourself go down to to nothing? Like they, yeah. Uh. And if people are like, "Oh, but Kerfoot blew the game," you know, trying to use the Jake Gardner every fucking example. Year they have a, they every have year, a, every year they have a new scapegoat. The fans find a mm. new scapegoat. Like at some point, just fucking get it done. Like. And this is a bit like of, you know, my own past traumas with stacked, stacked Sharks teams doing the same shit as this. President's Trophy? Eh, first round exit. Eh, second round exit. Like, holy shit. Like, this team, in my lifetime, they've had two conference finals appearances, one cup appearance. Mm. And if you look at some of the fucking teams that we had on the ice, and some of the, like, ugh. Should have been more. Like, and you should have probably won a cup, but... Not to make it about the sharks, but yeah. to uh, but to Sin's point really quickly, uh, you look at some of those sharks teams. Oh six oh seven fifty one wins, second round loss. Forty nine wins, second round loss. Fifty three wins, first round loss. Fifty one wins, conference finals lost. Forty eight wins, conference final loss. Fifty one wins, first round loss. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling like that is the sharks. That was my life. So, you know, I think the reason why you can connect it, obviously, is the Leafs are, you know, staring down the barrel of that potentially being a reality. You don't want to jump the gun yeah. of waste of potential, waste of potential. But at the same time, how far off are they from that already? Like, you look at, you know, last year against the Habs, little John Tavares got hurt. You still have a better team. You look at the Columbus loss. Well, this, that, and the other. Uh, you know, you look at all three Bruins losses. As we'll just continue to turn the knife into Endo's heart as he has to step away for a second. But I, like, as much as, like, Game 7 for the Oilers is huge. And the result of that can completely shake up the league. This is the result. Yeah. Or lack thereof, if you're the Leafs, yep. that shakes up this league. Yeah. What happens? What happens to Tampa if they lose? Nothing. What What pieces potentially get moved, or do they just hey, we're going to enjoy the the rest of the off season and we'll be back next year? Because fuck it you. It doesn't matter. We're the Tampa like, Bay Lightning. Tampa first round exit. You just won two cups. Like yeah, it's disappointing. Right. But it's also a goddamn team which is stacked as hell, too, and who needs to get out of that first round. Like, if you're a Tampa fan, like, yeah, it sucks. But, like, once once you let the, the bitterness of defeat 
lead. You get to look back on back-to-back Stanley Cups, dude. And mm-hmm. two and stacked S and you still have a great team in front of you. Like you like you come back next year. Like you still have shots. You yeah. still have Vasilevsky. The only The only casualties. The only casualties off of that roster this year will be Andre Palat and Nick Paul. Maybe Jan Ruda as well. Yeah. That's not that's not insurmountable to recover from and get right back to where they yeah. to where they've been. Depth is replaceable. Not necessarily good depth, but if you don't get out of the first round, is that good depth? <laughs> look elsewhere. Look look you know? Find yourself another good draw. Find yourself. Yeah, I mean, Palat is Palat's been top line for them. Four points in five oh, games. You said Palat. Sorry, I, I missed Palat. <laughs> yeah. So like Nick Paul, Andre Palat. Oh, I didn't even hear Palat. Yeah. Yeah. So Palat, Palat's the big name that yeah. they'll lose. But at the same time, can they not overcome losing Andre Palat? I think they can. Yeah, they can probably. He's pick a really up, goddamn pick, good player. Yeah, you can pick up someone in the off season. You can do something. Yeah, if you not get Willem Nylander. When he inevitably gets booted. I'm just saying, he's got, like... Someone's going to go, and all the boomers hate William Nylander, even though he's done amazing work this offseason and in the regular season. I think it's still salt. I haven't liked his playoffs. I'm I'm going to be honest with you. There's been a couple plays involving him that I've distinctly not liked. Him stopping skating multiple times on, like, potential icings. Like, one of them, which he could absolutely win the race, shocked me. I was like, how the fuck? Do you not skate? You he he resigned himself to that being an icing, wanting to save his fuck fucking energy when he could have probably beat that out. That one shocked. But yeah, so again, that's a all right because it, because we went a little bit over time today, and Endo has to bounce in a few moments. Sending we we can still talk about some of the things with the Leafs. Endo, how do you think you're going to be feeling on next Tuesday's show? If you had to guess. Are you Steve Dangle, full belief, passion, let's go? Or is that history just too much to overlook? I might have to go trade my goalie stuff and get a new new set of gear because I don't want to associate with the blue and white anymore. This is the best team they've ever they've honestly had on roster on paper within this whole time span of not being able to make it past the first round. And you, you can't do it. Like I don't know if I like. I, I like the Leafs. I'm more of a hockey fan than I am a Leaf fan, realistically. And I just I don't know if I can associate myself with that team because it's just why would I want to break my heart every single goddamn year? You, you, you blue ball me. I'm getting blue balled in my favorite team. I don't like. I I I can't do it anymore. I can't. I can't. My heart. Took my took my heart. Can't take it. I'm 24. I have a heart condition. My heart literally cannot take it. <laughs> well, we'll let you get out of here. I hope for your sake, obviously, that the Leafs get this done. But uh, at least, if at least if they don't, you'll have time to process your grief before Tuesday's show. Yeah. Thank you. So, and uh, <laughs> feel free birthday, to bounce. Buddy. Enjoy your birthday. Remember, Sid and I will. As it, remember, uh, chat, use promo code Tugi for 20% off Manscaped. <laughs> I'm still going to show this. You know what? Let's let's go. Buy the spherical deodorant in memory of me if I don't come back. Cylindrical. The podcast. Yeah. <laughs> See you guys. Later. All right. So, Sin, in terms of wrapping up the Leafs talk then really quickly, you know, we kind of mentioned what happens to Tampa. Mm-hmm. What happens to Toronto? I mean, they're me- they're moving a major piece. They have to. There's no more scapegoats. Like, I mean, they technically they've moved the major piece. Like at times, like Gardner was at once one point a major piece.
piece. Yeah. Um, I yeah, they're moving someone. I it'll probably be Nylander, simply because you don't cheaper, cheaper, and you don't move Matthews or Marner. Like they're the last one. And Tavares might be too tough to move at eleven. Tavares is so tough. Um, no one's taking that, especially with his not quite earning it. <laughs> uh, hmm. Matthews Marner though, I gotta say, like Marner has Im- impressed me a shit ton. Like had he had he still maintained the offense only shit, I'd say move his ass if he can. Some team's gonna take a chance at that cap hit, but with the way he's developed his two way game, you can't move him. I'd say. It's- I feel like that has to be. I feel like that has to be the frustrating thing for Leafs fans. Because the question was, oh, will Matthews and Marner show up because they've struggled to do so at other times? They've shown up, and they're still going seven. It's tough. Nylander could be on the way out. Mikheyev's deal's up. Uh, defensively, Giordano, Labushkin, and then Jack Campbell's a UFA. They have Peter Morazic on the books for two more years at $3.8 million. There are changes that have to be made regardless, but holy shit, does the microscope, like the heat from the microscope intensify you can't move that if they don't make deal. it out of round one. Mrazic's too injury prone. I don't think you can move that deal unless you retain, which why would you retain or why would you want they have, They have a first round pick, and I genuinely think, you know, call up Arizona. Yeah. Call up a team like that. <laughs> we need to get rid of this deal. Yeah. There's not, there's no such thing in my opinion as an untradable contract. You just have to incentivize it enough. That's very um, true. Yeah, and for anyone who's like, oh, maybe they could get away with a second, the teams are going to hold them over the over the coals. Yeah, like, look, you, you so. need to do this. We know you need to do this. Yeah, you're absolutely right. But, yeah, so, yeah, I think I think the major changes will come if they, if they fail again. It has to. It has to be a core piece on the way out. They can't, like, they can't just find a scapegoat and move him. They can't just move a Kerfoot because of a couple plays. Mm. You have to look at the bigger picture. And as good mm-hmm. as Nylander is, that's someone who you maybe try to move. Ah, I, but I don't, like... It's just like a clean house move without honestly cleaning house. You're cleaning out like one big important piece of furniture, and maybe you bring out bring in more aggregate. You know, maybe you mm. maybe you bring like sign Mikheyev, give him a, give him a bridge deal, play him with you know, keep him with that Tavares. <sighs> yeah, just so many people, questions. You can get a couple people for what Nylander's worth, middle six, but like, yeah, it's. Hope I hope like hell they don't have to answer them after uh, Saturday. Rooting for the Leafs, but I have lightning in seven. I still that's still my prediction. But yeah, I'm. I think I had them too. Yeah, me and you did. I think Endo said, I can't remember exactly, but he's his last prediction was Leafs in six, lightning in seven, and uh oh. Oh, indeed. Final two series to talk about really quickly. We will go to Canes and Bruins first. The Canes won game five, five to one on home ice. The Bruins won game six, five to two on home Those ice. Making me look fucking stupid. <laughs> I said like Canes in five or six, man. <laughs> uh, Marshawn and Coyle keep stepping up. Eric Hollis scored his first goal of the series last night. Always believed in you, Eric. Um, and Derek Forbert. Has no joke been the Bruins' best defenseman in this series. I can't fucking believe it, but it's true. The home team has won every single game, every single time in convincing fashion. Game 7, Saturday, in Carolina. If the Bruins win, they will set a new record for most Game 7s won in NHL history. 
If Carolina wins, they'll tie the record for the longest Game 7 winning streak. It would be their sixth win in a row in a Game 7. Is one of those including the Cup win? I think so, yeah. Ah, That's amazing. Yeah. So, man, you know, I've put up those little mini kind of, uh, not even like LFR style, but like the little mini reviews that I always uh, put out there towards the start of a, you know, that I record at the start of a, a stream and putting those up on YouTube. So I don't have too many thoughts on this game because in general... I don't have too many thoughts on this, aside from the fact that once upon a time, the Bruins looked like they were going to get embarrassed, if not, you know, have you be completely right, four or five tops. You know, they, and then after game five, I'm like, oh, fuck, here we go again, because again, they they don't do anything in Carolina, but game six, they score first for the first time in the series, that's embarrassing, I know, how fucking ridiculous is that, I... At the very least, I'm happy that they took a really good Hurricanes team to seven games. You know, yes, there is pressure. It's not quite as magnified as Leafs Lightning. There is pressure on the Bruins to do well because they are at the towards, if not right at the end of the Bergeron Road. It's fairly obvious. And, you know, three cup finals in that era only won one of them. It's rough, it's the way it goes. But I just I don't know how to read this because as much as the Bruins have pressure on them, the Hurricanes have a lot of pressure on them too. Because it's been, what, three seasons now of them being the dark horse to make it to a cup final? Mm-hmm. Like how many years now has it been where you've had people be like, yeah, I could see Carolina making the Stanley Cup final this year. It's been more than a handful. Like that started before the bubble. You know, 2019, they made it to the conference finals. They were swept by the Bruins. 2020, bubble, lose to the Bruins in round one. And then last year, they lost to the Lightning in round two. You know, both of these teams have a lot of pressure on their shoulders here. I just, I don't know. Like, is that home? Like, we almost, we see it in NHL all the time in franchise mode. We make fun of it. The home team winning trend. It's like, okay, is it going to snap, or is the home team going to win every single one of these goddamn series? Or every single one of these games in this series? I am obviously hoping... I said Bruins in seven on this podcast. I am hoping for the best. My only thought, don't get blown out. I would rather a heartbreaking overtime loss than to see them lose 5-1 in Carolina again. Like, please, God. Like, make those fans. And people have been shitting on Hurricanes fans. Fuck that. That's a great fan base. That's a great atmosphere in that building. Make those fans sweat for the first time. Just once. Make them think, oh shit, we might not win on home ice in this series. Because in all three other games, outside of like a couple of minutes, they haven't had to sweat. Make them sweat. If you're going to lose, make them fucking earn it. Make those fans... Feel anxious. At the very least, that's all I'm asking for. Yeah. How do you how do you think this is going? Man, I it, it's always tough for me when I see a trend. I'm like, eventually the trend ends. That's just how things go. Mm. But it's so hard to determine when. Like it seems like every time you think it's got to end at this point, sometimes it continues. So I uh, I don't fucking know. I for you, I want Boston to win. I can throw my prediction out the window. I'm not I've kind of given up on getting any of the games right. I'm just kind of hoping to get some most of the winners right for the first round, which uh 
I'm looking pretty good so far, but yeah, um, I think it's going to be tough. The Bruins have to find something that they haven't found yet on the road, and that's tough to do in a game seven. You already have a lot of pressure on yourself, everything you mentioned, but just as a player, just going into that moment, it's tough. But there's a lot of experience on that roster at the same time. And, yeah, I don't know. It's a Stanley Cup caliber team, potentially. Team with cup aspirations. I mean, I don't know if you want to call the Bruins a cup caliber team. I think you could see them doing it, but they're not favorites. Oh, yeah. Someone with cup aspirations is getting bounced in this series as well. And that's why it's so tough to predict. Mm-hmm. Bruins in seven. Final series to talk about because we're heading into a very important game six tonight. Rangers and Penguins. The Penguins with a 3-2 series lead, but the Rangers did win game five to stay alive. 5-3 on home ice. So game six is tonight. However, Sidney Crosby suffered a concussion. Yeah. In game five, he joins Brian Dumoulin, Tristan Jari, and potentially Ricard Raquel as the injured pens right now. Uh, it was an elbow from Jacob Truba. You know, I think his history, especially this season alone, uh, kind of, you know, removes benefit of the doubt from some people. I didn't see it as a suspension-worthy hit in a sense, but there was no call on the ice, which is brutal. It's been that debate that we've had all season long. Intent versus, well, you did it. And I think for Truba, you know, unfortunate circumstances of events did end up elbowing Crosby in the face and giving him a concussion. I can understand why Penns fans are mad. Yeah. Um, you know, for me, the intent's not there. It should have been a penalty. Suspension, eh. But regardless, no Sidney Crosby at the very least for game six tonight. If it's a concussion, he should stay out the rest of the series. I worry about that guy's view of health. I really do. Everybody does. I'm so worried for Crosby. Um, but yeah. Pens, get the fuck out of this series tonight. Or whenever the hell you play. <laughs> if it goes back, if it, it is tonight. If it goes back to New York, Rangers win it. Absolutely. Uh, they have to. Like, I'd be, I mean, Penguins can win those crazy, you know, game sevens on the road or elimination games on the road. But if you don't have Crosby, no, um, it's not happening. You, you got to find a way to get it done tonight. Get to, you know, get to whoever's in that. Probably just jerk and get to him scored play good deep like you, you need this needs to be your best all-around game and feed off the crowd and get the fuck out of this series and rest up and hopefully Crosby can come back sometime in the next round I know you're missing one of the greatest players of all time but stepping up to first line center role is Evgeny Malkin don't tell me the Penguins don't have the team yeah. to be able to end this series they do. they do it's just whether or not they will um you know and the Rangers are in that spot similar to the Panthers similar to the Leafs Prove you're legit. You come back from 3-1 down just to even force Game 7, let alone win the series, you prove that. So Game 6 is tonight. Game 7 would be on Sunday. By our next podcast, we will know uh, the full scope of the second round. And on Tuesday, uh, if not potentially Monday, to make sure Sin's here for these important episodes, we shall see. Uh, One way or another, we'll give our thoughts on Round 2 and what's going to happen. But for now... I think that does it for us. Uh, it's it's almost like Christmas. It's the anticipation of just what the hell are we going to get. Yeah. And then knowing, like, okay, if it's this, then this happens afterwards. But if I get this, then, well, then this happens. It's just 
This is one of the most, if not the most intriguing first round of the playoffs I can remember. Because there's just so much at stake in essentially every single one of these series, except for Nashville and Colorado. But even then, there were some people who'd be like, but what if Nashville pushes them a little bit? They didn't. But what if they did? Every single series has been absolutely nuts. And uh, God, I'm, I'm glad it's living up to the, uh, to the hype so far. Yeah. Sin, with that, where can the people find you throughout the weekend? Yeah, you can find me, of course, my YouTube channel, now that my computer's all back and fixed. Vancouver Canucks series, still going strong, still going. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at SinFTWProd, and uh, follow me on Instagram at Paul Sinners. Tomorrow, tomorrow my single is being released on all major platforms, Spotify, Apple Music, iTunes, everything. It'll be up everywhere. And I'm very, very excited uh, for that. Worked real hard, poured myself into my music these last couple months especially. And yeah, I'm really, really happy with how that's turned out. And yeah, I hope you guys out there uh, give it a listen. Make sure you do that. You can find me everywhere at Tookie24, of course. We will see you guys on the other side of the weekend. <laughs> and uh, we'll, we'll try to comfort some of you. I might, I might need some comfort myself. After Saturday, we shall see... It's going to be interesting. Enjoy the weekend of hockey, everybody, and we'll see you next week.